You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Hey everybody, it's episode 130 of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast. Ah, that's the crowd cheering in the background. And we are brought to you today by GameMat.eu for pre-painted terrain and beautiful little mouse pad mats. And they come in all shapes and sizes, including the new stupid different sizes uh, that GW arbitrarily uh, chose. I'm also here to thank all of my Patreon sponsors. I thank you so much for supporting the show and keeping me going. So, what are we talking about tonight? Well, we have a very, very long Real Talk with the Pimp Cron. It's like 40 minutes, and uh, it is Cron et is joining me, my wife, and we are discussing the most bangable Warhammer models, and that sounds cringy AF, I understand, but it's really more of a beauty contest. What started out as, hey, who's most bangable, it really turned into a homecoming king, homecoming queen sort of thing. So we have de- determined the two, the, the most handsome model in 40k and Age of Sigmar and the most beautiful model in 40k and Age of Sigmar. So we lumped them all together and just did one man and one woman. And it is, it's a sight to behold. I cannot wait to write erotic fan fiction about them because they would be a cute, cute couple. So what else do we talk about? We have um, a letter from Juicy Jim at pimpcron at gmail.com with two Ps. I did not uh, circumcise the second P from that. And he is asking all sorts of questions and in quite a clever way including inquiries about the new GW Slanesh dice and some Slanesh models. So we discussed that. What have I been up to? Well, I, um, I'm on Spiky Bits officially now. My articles will be posting every Friday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's the East Coast of the U.S. So check them out and please comment. I love comments. This is why I do it. I don't make any money for this. So please interact with me. I know Juicy and Leroy do often. And I appreciate it greatly. So if you can comment on the article on the Facebook page or comment on my podcast episodes or comment, um, shoot me an email. I just love this is why I do it. I love meeting new people like Juicy and Leroy. And it's just great. It's fantastic. And and Andy and uh, just everybody. It's, it's fantastic. So please do that. Uh, be sure if you can't seem to uh, support us on Patreon, if you could please share the podcast or tell a friend about it and go, hey, you ever met a sexy robot? And then you can refer them to me. So um, what else have I been up to? I started Spiky Bits and um, I've been writing short stories for brutality still. I'm exploring horror in my latest one and it's very, very interesting to do. And I think horror is probably the hardest genre to write, to be honest with you, because there's so much subtlety in horror, and there's such an interesting, no, fascinating fine line between scary and not scary. And it's it's all sort of exploration about uncanny valleys and the things that disturb us most, like insecurity and being alone and helplessness and all of that. So I'm I'm very excited about doing that. I'm about halfway done my latest short story in horror for the Brutal Realm, but I think I'm going to be doing some rewrites because I had some better ideas, so I'm going to be rewriting it a little bit. And I uh, played Brutality this week, which was fun, with my buddy TJ, and I beat him by one point. And it was like 10 to 9 or something, and it was right at the last minute, so that was that was pretty cool. 
and then I ran the AI for a solo co-op mission for him and my friend Matt. They played the one where all the zombies come out, and they won by the hair of their teeth, and they had one guy make it out in order to win the mission. You just need to have one person make it out. And they were swarmed by... Uh, we were using Ozark Bone Reaper models that TJ let me borrow. And uh, it's just it's such a crazy mission because they just keep swarming around you and you got to basically carve a path through the zombies in order to get out of the, the across the map and uh then they also i think they played a regular game against each other because tj's kind of new to brutality so um but in, oh it was the mimic den it was the other mission we did the mimic den is in the beast cherry book it's a new mission and that is a batshit crazy mission because whenever you you make a third list of just mimics, and you'll see the rules for the mimics in the bestiary, where every time you have a mimic in a list, you actually include three objective markers. So um, every time that you go to activate one of these objective markers, you roll a dice, and there's a 60% chance that instead of an objective, it's actually a mimic who immediately charges you. Um, <laughs> but there's a 40% chance that you will score three victory points and three gold if you're in a campaign. So it is a real batshit crazy mission where you can go against each other or you can go co-op. It's a lot of fun. And that's basically it. We have had so much rain locally. Like, I know a lot of you guys are getting snow up north, and we have had inches and inches and inches of rain. I'm not lying to you. In the last couple of weeks, we had to have had like eight inches of rain. Which is a lot. It would have been way more in, in snow if it were uh, actually snow. And I thank God it wasn't. We've had some snow, but man, so much rain. I Luckily, though, I have the moat I always wanted around my house. So that's nice. My entire yard's flooded. Um, so if we were just a little bit more south, I might be able to stock it with alligators. But unfortunately, not so. Alligators and crocodiles do not live where I live. So... I think that's about it. So let's get on with the show. Um, hopefully you enjoy us um, sexually talking about models as if they were pieces of meat. And I'm joking about that. We're not actually that crass about it. But it is kind of funny to like, oh, this one's pretty. Oh, this one's hot. But I think there's no denying it. When you come down to the final verdict of our two models that we think are the hottest, there's there's truly no denying it. GW did a fantastic job with these two specific models. So, let's get on with the show. Thank you so much for listening, and I appreciate it. Toodles. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. This Tesseract mailbox is brought to you today by Juicy Jim, who is uh, one of my readers and a listener to the podcast. And we've been going back and forth quite a bit lately, and he is emailing me at pimpcron at gmail.com. He says, hey, Pimpcron, I was wondering how your STD was progressing. Certainly he can't know about the chlamydia. That's fantastic wording, Juicy. I'm sure you've been asked before, but when you're good to go, I'd love to take a peek at what you've got going on. (sighs) There's really not much to see, Juicy. It's a bunch of bumps. They're itchy. They're red. They're irritated. They sweat a lot. There's like this clear fluid dripping from them at all times. It's a pretty bad STD. I'm not sure what it is. I think I got it from a mosquito. But if you're really talking about my slaves to darkness instead of my sexually transmitted disease... Then I have already sent you pictures of my STD army, my unmade kit bashes, and we've discussed it. The unmade are definitely my favorite of the Warcry cultists, and I'd really like to see a Slaves to Darkness conversion army based on them. I was pretty happy to see Broken Realms Marathi finally gave them the ability to be battle line and take chaos marks. You and me both, Juicy. 
you have to take a chariot lord for a general, and they all get his mark, but I think I could work with that. I didn't really know there was a chariot lord for a general. Am I missing something? Because I would gladly take a chariot lord. I must be missing something. That must be in the Marathi book that I don't know about. But uh, he goes, hey, that was your main complaint, was it not? And you're you're very astute, Juicy. That was my complaint about the whole unmade people and the cultists for the Slaves of Darkness. So I think they did a, an excellent job in stepping that up and fixing that problem because they are just great models. Um, maybe GW does pay attention to you, or maybe they just held back an obvious choice so they had something to stick in the book. Either way, could you start complaining about prices next? It <laughs> couldn't hurt to try. <laughs> well, uh, you know... It could just be that great minds think alike, but I have had many, many times where I say something and like six months later, GW comes out with it. Now, you know, I'm not saying that I am a heavyweight in the industry. I'm just saying that I'm universally adored by all. So that's take that as you want. Personally, I am pretty excited for the upcoming Slanesh release. Now, that's some sexy plastic. I prefer, I mean, I pretty much want all of that. I enjoy chaos, but I've always preferred it mixed with mortals. These guys will be great alongside the demons I already have, and I'm looking forward to getting a second AOS army ready for the table. I just hope these slangors are able to run with my beasts of chaos. I do love double dipping. Mm. Here's my dilemma, though. I want those dice. That purple, marble, and gold just grips me in all the right places, and they even have ones. Ones! No stupid skull or other symbol to make me do a double take to separate the ones from the sixes. One through five, and the faction symbol on the six. Easy to read, pretty as fuck. I want those dice. That price, though, wow. I've never been tempted by GW's dice before, so I really never really paid attention to it. I guess it's no surprise to you, but these faction dice are going for 35 USD for a pack of 20. I'd ask if we were all on drugs to consider this a palatable price point, but obviously no one who spends as much on dice still has money to blow on crack. Now, these aren't the only dice GW sells. They have a few different colors of generic dice, too. Those go for 10 bucks for that same stack of 20. Eat a dick. <laughs> I'm liking Juicy's vibe here. I like, I like the back and forth with him. Obviously, you can look elsewhere for a cheap dice, but you're really set on ha if you're really set on having these authentic GW quality in your plastic chance cubes, you can still have it for $25 or less. But only if you're not a sucker for those limited run uniquely designed hurry up and bend over or you'll be missing out faction-specific dice. Everyone who buys these should be ashamed of themselves for propping up such a predatory pricing scheme. So would I be safe ordering only one box, or should I just get two? XOXO Juicy Jim. Man, Juicy, I gotta get you and Leroy Jenkins hooked up. You guys would get along just fine. Any that you know, I don't say it, it doesn't come off come up often in the podcast, but in real life, you can ask anybody except for my parents, customers, or children, and they will tell you that I tell people to eat a dick all the time. And that's not even a joke. I was playing with James literally uh like a day or so ago, and I told him to eat a dick. So, especially those crucial rolls, you know, you're like, oh man, I need a six to save this. I need a six. And you roll a six and you're like, eat a dick. <laughs> One of my favorite phrases. So, we uh, we need to form some sort of cult or club with Juicy and Leroy and I, because, man, we we uh, I think we're right up the same alley. So, um, I also am not a big fan of this pricing scheme for these special dice. I did break down, and you know, the one time I brought, bought special dice, the one time, people, 
that I bought a special GW dice. It was the Necron dice, because Necrons are kind of my jam. They've been my first army, etc., etc., and my persona about them, and blah, blah, blah. Well, I did this, and you know how everything is effed with the shipping and all that because of the virus. Well, I ordered two boxes, and my store got one box. And I know two boxes, 70 bucks for 40 dice is a lot, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to splurge just this one time, and I want a full 36 set of Necron dice. That's what I want. And lo and behold, the one time that they get me, and they, they, um, I let them have their way with me, I only get one box. And I'm like, oh, that is fantastic. And I never did get my second box. So now I've got 20 dice sitting here like I'm in some sort of idiot. And I wish I had 36. And I guess I'll have to pay aftermarket prices for the other 20. And that kind of pisses me off. But, uh... Anyway, so this, I am not really the right person to ask about how many dice you should get because I have only done it once and I got screwed by it. But yes, 20 dice for $35. Yes, they can go eat a dick. <laughs> so, uh, I think there was, was there any other questions about this in this message? Oh yeah, I agree. The Slanesh models are beautiful and I'm liking everything that I see. They just released a bunch of archers, blister something archers, and they look pretty cool too. Um, I really like the big thing that I covered. It's kind of like a howdah where he's being carried by people and he's all fat and gluttonous. It's a fantastic model. But And I agree with you. Actually, you know, next week, it's funny you say this, next week my article will be about GW Dice. So I know you read the articles, Juicy. Uh, hang in there for that. And by the way, I'm on Spiky Bits now. So every Friday at 2.30 p.m., you can check me out, Eastern Standard Time, on Spiky Bits. Anyway, thank you so much for writing in, Juicy. Um, if you were going to do the Slanesh dice and it's really calling to you, I would say go ahead and get two cubes because 40 dice is what you need to make a regular standard set of 36, and I don't mess around with 20 dice. How often would you be rolling multiple of the same dice over and over again in order to make you know, 40 attacks or 30 attacks or whatever. 20 dice is just not enough. And they know that. They've got us right where they want us, by the short hairs, by the short and curlies. Let's get on to the next segment. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. This segment of Real Talk with Pimpcron is brought to you by our dear friend Leroy Jenkins. And he wrote at Pimpcron at gmail.com, still with two Ps, Dear Pemcron, I have finally gotten into orcs and I'm having trouble getting my silver right. Any tip on painting rusty weapons or orky silver? Your article last week got me thinking, yeah, there's a lot of fugly models, but what about the most bangable ones? <laughs> and how would you, how would one quantify it? Do you need to physically be able to penetrate it? Or is it just a, <laughs> if it gets your twig and berries going? I'm going to go out on a limb and say a few others have also burped the worm to a 40k model, probably Slanesh or Sisters, not judging if it was Tau. You could debate this all day, but my feeling is that an orc truck with a flashlight strapped in the back would be most bangable. <laughs> OMG, that guy with the bag of dildos was just an orc player. He's referring to a very old episode uh, about this homeless dude with a bag of dildos. But honestly, do most 40k players know what vaginas feel like? <laughs> you could probably just do a rhino with the back hatch open. Love ya, Leroy. <laughs> 
Well, Leroy was on drugs that day, kids, and this is why you don't email podcasts while under the influence. So, uh, hopefully Leroy is now off the propellants he inhaled. And uh, first off, silver on orcs. So he says uh, he's having trouble getting silver right on his orcs. I don't know how you go wrong unless you're not using GW's lead belcher paint. Lead belcher silver metal paint is the silver to end all silvers. Not only is it a base color and it's one of my go-to paints, but it only takes one application and it is a great medium silver. It's not really dark. It's not really light. It's just a perfect silver. So I know that uh, Leroy's told me before he prefers Vallejo, uh, but go, go get yourself some GW silver and that's exactly how you do it. Um... Any tip on painting rusty weapons or orky silver? Good God, I don't know what orky silver means, personally, Leroy. You're going to have to explain that. I don't know what orky silver is, but rusty weapons. Um, a good thing that you can do for rust is layer it up from a dark brown. Take a stippling brush, a really sharp stippling brush, and either um, stipple it, you know, like dabbing the um, ends of the brush on the item that you're doing. Paint it silver first. Then start with like a Mornfang brown and then stipple over the Mornfang brown lighter with like a, uh, either Rise of Rust would work, but, um, I usually use, used to be Bestial brown. What's it called now? Anyway, it's the, it's the orange brown. I, why can I not think of this? I've got no idea. I'm gonna have to get back with you on that one. I cannot remember that paint to save my life. Anyway, I enlisted my wife to uh, help me out with the most bangable models. So we go through them and we decide exactly who is the most bangable. Let's check in and see how that goes. So I'm sitting here with Cronet, and this is the first time you've been on the podcast in a while following our um, messy divorce. How are you doing? I'm here. Okay. And uh, <laughs> she sounds very excited to be here. Judging or spawned by the email of our friend Leroy Jenkins, that's what he goes by online, I wanted to run the gamut of a beauty contest for the masculine and feminine characters in 40k and Age of Sigmar. Well, you know you already win both. Oh, yes. I am I am fully the most masculine and most feminine character. Yeah. All right. So we're going to start off this with Marnius Calgar. So if you... Uh, if you need a closer look of him, let's see if we can get a closer look so of him. So do his... I get like a rubric to look at? Not necessarily. What we're really going to go off is their face. Okay. Like for the men, how handsome are they? But I want that to be about three quarters of your vote. About a quarter of it is also how they're put together, how they're dressed. Because that could, somebody that's really homely, dressed really well, could, okay. could elevate them a little. So, okay. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a bracket system, and we're just going to go through, compare two people, and you decide, and I also decide, but you'll be weighted a little more in this category, that uh, who, who is better looking, and then we're going to take that winner and go on to the next bracket. Okay. All right? You see Marnius Calgar here. Do you yes. see his face well? I can see his face, yes. Okay. So you see what he looks like here. Let's go with his uh, his challenger is Efriel Stern. So this is a uh, Harlequin character, and he's actually sold in a box set with a uh, Kaiganel. That guy looks like um, the guy from Dragon Ball Z. Okay, that's actually a woman. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's a sister to a battle, but this guy right here is who we're going after. So okay. who do you think looks more attractive? This guy, which um, I I'm probably getting them wrong. Which one is uh, Kaiganel? Is that who I said? Um, 
No, no, actually, the woman is Ephriel Stern, and he's Kaiganel or Kaiganel. So we are doing Marnius Calgar. Marnius Calgar. These are hard words. Marnius Calgar versus the Kaiganel. Okay. So we're doing like the most handsome. Yes. So is this guy. Okay. Three quarters handsome, one quarter put together. Is he better looking? Than Marnius Calgar. I think that yes, the the guy with the single braid down his face is more attractive than the other guy that's got a butt for a chin. <laughs> okay, so yeah, Marnius Calgar, I don't find to be particularly handsome in any way. Uh, he's very masculine. He's got very strong jawlines. Yes. Yes, he's very masculine, very strong jawline. He's got the dad hairline. He looks like someone's angry grandpa, like at at uh, parent teacher meeting. <laughs> but this guy is more of like the, hey, I'm in a band sort he of does. thing. He does look like that. And he definitely, I would agree with you, is much better looking than Marnius. So round one is Kaiganel or Kaiganel. Uh, Kaiganel's new challenger is Mephiston, Lord of Death from the Blood Angels. Mm. Now, he's a vampire guy that's got to have some sort of... Uh, bad boy appeal. Bad boy appeal. Look at him. He's like a type of vampire. So does he, Mephiston... Hold on, I'm going to close out of Marnius here. He failed. Is Kaiganel or Mephiston better looking overall? Can I get a better shot of his face? He's... He looks like he hasn't slept in days. Yeah, he does have lines under his eyes. He's got the masculine forehead with some wrinkles going on there. Mm-hmm. He's um... got a mane of hair. Like, he's got a lot of thick, long hair, at least shoulder length. So... He is definitely more masculine than, than Kaiganel. I don't know. I don't know that he's really more masculine. I mean, they both have long hair. Um, they both have kind of the widow's peak thing going on, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, yeah, they do. I still think that Kaiganel is probably the more attractive of the two. He would be more the, the prettier, the handsome, more handsome of the two, I think. Um, yeah, and I agree. And I also think something that's really helping Kaiganel is that his outfit. Mm-hmm. is pretty flattering. It is really flattering. It's fancy. Yeah. It looks put together. Whereas Mif- Mephiston is in his power armor, which is cool looking power armor. Yeah. But I don't see that he's more handsome. No, no, I don't think so. I think he's more of a generic kind of masculinity. So you're still going with Kaiganel. I'm still going to go with, yeah, the K guy. Yeah, me too. I, I think so. So now the next challenger for Kaiganel is Tor Garadon. Mm. And he is, if you guys don't know, he is... Super masculine, and he is the new named character for Imperial Fists, the guy that's got like the three bolter guns in his power fist. Um, he's definitely very masculine. He's got the crew top, I guess that's what it's called, like the, the, the flat top. Yeah, the flat going top. Going on, strong jawline, prominent nose. Yeah, um, prominent brow. Prominent brow, kind of squinty, angry looking. Yeah, but he's not grimacing like so many people are. He's got like a determined look on his face. Yeah. So. What do you think about this? The problem is this makes it very hard because the Space Marine armor is really pulling them down a bit as far as being put together, quote unquote. Yeah. Because it's just armor. But the the Kaiganel is going to be definitely uh, an advantage for that. But also you're talking about someone that's very feminine versus someone that's extremely masculine. Yeah. And if we're gauging men on that. That's true. I tend to, you know, and I would agree with that as far as if we're going for the more masculine of like the manly man type beauty contest where you got to have some muscles and you got to show off some, 
don't know. He doesn't have a beard or a mustache he, or anything, He is though. clean shaven, yeah. which is a little surprising, but I think the flat top is very masculine. I would go with that. Um, But who do you think is actually better looking? Let's go back to Kaiganol. Kaiganol, now, if you look at him closely, he's got some lines under his eyes. He's he's an elf. This is a real toss-up for me. Um, I think, as far as manly handsomeness, I, I think I do agree with you that uh, Tor Garadon is probably more handsome, is more more masculine, beefy guy. Because you can look under that armor and assume that he's he's well put together. It would be funny if we we opened the armor and he was like a string bean. <laughs> so I think I think Kaganel's cut down. His to be honest, his face is not super good looking, but his outfit really helps. It does really help, and I think that he's kind of the new age. I would say he's more of a new age masculine, where the other guy is more of a. He's older, a man bun. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's more of an older generation tour, the tour guy or whatever. All right, well, Kaganel is out. Tor is the new champion for whatever round this is. And Tor has the challenger of Captain General Trahan Valoris from the Custodes. Now, look at this guy. He... Uh, he wins. I uh, think he is definitely... <laughs> he is he was, is definitely a masculine, manly man. And he's actually kind of good looking. He is like not that bad looking compared to all the foes he's been up against so far. Yeah, I think I... When, as soon as I saw this guy, I was like, yeah, Tor's out of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, Tor is immediately cut down. This and guy, he would win, too. He would have won against the other guy, too. Yeah. The he, more feminine looking. To be honest, he looks features. like Tor... But the beard and mustache combination, I think he just is more appealing. He is. Overall. He, I mean, he's definitely, he's one of those people you would go like, wow, he's really aged well. Like, yes. you know, he looks like he could probably be 50s, 60s, but he is very, very well kept. Yep. So I, um, this guy's name is, I think it's Trahan and not Trajan. I think it's Trahan. Um, anyway, Gen Captain General Valoris wins this round. Now he's fighting Eisenhorn. This is a very famous character. You wouldn't know that, but he's got an entire novel series, and he's an Inquisitor, and he is very, very famous. Now, obviously, Eisenhorn here is in his regalia of um, Inquisitor outfit, and this is far more, to me, this outfit is far more appealing than the Custodes armor. Um, I don't know. I find them both appealing. I mean, okay. I think I think that is actually more appealing. Um, who's this guy again? The general uh, so and so. Uh, yeah, Captain General Trey. Captain General. Captain General. Um, I find his armor actually more appealing than the other Space Marine you showed me earlier. Yeah, the other the Imperial Fist guy tour. Yeah. So who do you think? I'm gonna click between them. He's not a bad looking guy, He's but not. but I still think uh, uh, Valoris wins because. Yeah, I would agree. He's got the, this guy, what's his name again? Eisenhorn. Eisenhorn has like weird dimples that just extend the entire cheeks. Like it's one thing to have dimples, but it's like a dimple that feeds into like the second jaw. Like it's, it's kind of yeah. odd. Also though, he's got the little Superman, he's got his hair combed back and he's he got does. the little Superman swoop. So I think he's not a bad looking model at all, but I, I think I agree with you that Valoris wins this one again. Yeah, I would say so. so all right. Although I just noticed it's funny, Valoris has like wings protecting his crotch. Have you noticed that? <laughs> he does. All right. So Valoris is now fighting Captain Artemis. Watch Captain Artemis. I think Valoris wins this easily. Watch. Yeah. Because, I mean, ignoring like the metal piece in his forehead and all that, uh, I think his face is too wide. He's got a very wide face. He does have a very wide face. He's got almost, I guess they would call it like a, 
hexagonal type face. (laughs) I'm not really sure what the correct word is. Heptagonal. Uh, He's got like the stop sign, like upside down type stop sign or off on the side stop sign type shape face. Yeah, I don't I don't find him very attractive. No. And I can't tell if he's got a masculine chin because it's hidden by the armor. Yeah, I don't. He's not doing anything for me. All my girly parts are not really... They're not tingling? No, they are not tingling for this guy. Yeah, I don't... I, I may just be the paint job that they did with him, but I agree. It's not really... All right. Watch Captain Artemis is out. So, Valoris, uh, Captain General... Was it? Yeah, Captain General Valoris is now going to be fighting oh, Lord no. Castellan Creed. <laughs> no, Castellan's out. Done. Sorry, Creed. <laughs> Immediately he, he taken looks, out. He looks like the hunchback. Yeah, he does. He's a he's an old grizzled Imperial Guard general. All right, and he's well, smoking. He's, well, what's that like the biggest doobie ever? Like yeah. I don't know. It's huge. Well, Creed is out within thirty within one second of you seeing him. Now, what about Lord Commissar? Lord Commissar, can you zoom in on him a little? Yeah, Lord Commissar. He's not a bad looking guy. He's he. If it wasn't for the scarring and if he had more of his face showing, he may be in. But he has does have a very prominent nose. You have no clue what his hair and his head looks like because That's it's covered true. by a hat. Um, he's got a very much of a what's the chin, the butt chin going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't. Are you agreeing? I don't, I'm Valoris... not a big fan of him. He's maybe a three out of ten. All right, Lord Commissar is out, and Valoris, man, he's he's a ladies man. Yeah, he's so, like an 8 out of 10. He's, he is he's, a good-looking guy. He's a de- they did a good job on him. <laughs> All right, so Valoris is now up against uh, Sergeant Tellion of the Ultramarines, Sniper Sergeant. You know, he's got some definite... He he would be like the Lord Captain guy. Um, What is he? Captain, Captain General guy? Mm-hmm. He would be like him, but... He hasn't aged as well. He's like in his sixties, but he's had a lot worse outcomes in his battles. And I'm I'm happy that they're supporting the bald head. You mm-hmm. know, the beard and the bald head. That kind of the Captain Picard thing. Although he didn't have a beard, but uh, I think you're right. I don't think he's aged quite as well as Valoris. Mm-hmm. I think he's had a rough life. So this actually, Sergeant Tellion looks like an average person. Mm-hmm. He looks like a normal dude you would, minus the bionic eye, he's like a normal old dude you'd see on the street. What's that on his forehead? Is that a scar or something? Um, no, it's like a um, an honor thing. They put these metal pins in their forehead. Oh, there we go. It's like a permanent award. So, all right. Well, Tellion has been sniped out of this competition. Now, here's a big question. Rebute Gilliman. Rebute Gilliman versus Valoris. I'm sure it's meant to be like this, but he looks exactly like uh, Caesar Augustus. Actually, I was going to say um, uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Joffrey. Uh, he does look a little bit like Joffrey, but like a much older version. Much older Joffrey. If he did not get killed in Game of Thrones, oh, spoiler, uh, he very well, if he actually became king and, and like survived a long time. I didn't know Jeffrey died or Joffrey or whatever died. Yeah, well, you saw it happen, but you don't Did remember. Did I? Yeah. I, I put, blocked it out of my memory. Yeah, it was a glorious day. Oh, I do remember. Yeah, okay. He got anyway. poisoned. Anyway. Yeah, that's right. So, I, to be honest with you, I think Valoris still has this. He probably would look... I've seen another model that they made a long time ago of Gilliman, and he was much more handsome, but he wasn't grimacing. Yeah, he looks like the sun's too bright, or like his flaming sword is bothering his eyes. Yeah, I don't know. It's a hard call because he, I could see him definitely being a fairly good-looking person. But the model is kind of... But the model is putting him in a position where he's grimacing. Like, he doesn't have a butt for a chin. His nose is his nose is well-proportioned for his face. His eyes are well-proportioned for his face. But his face is in a weird also, grimace. He's an adult man with blonde hair. 
which is also uncommon. Oh, that's hair? I thought that was like part of the the crown thingy. No, the green laurels are obviously not his hair, but the blonde, he has blonde hair. Okay. So he does have slightly more feminine or pretty features if he's not grimacing. Softer, yeah. Yeah, but we're going by the model. So okay. I think if you look at, I think the take other a guys, good look at him and yeah. take it, man. Yeah, Valoris is good looking. <laughs> All right, Valoris knocked yeah, okay. out Gilliman, right? So Gilliman's like a six out of ten. I'll give him that. Yeah, if he was, you got it. Can't be in a resting bitch face. <laughs> you got to look better than that. All right, so the next one. Oh, here's going to be a tough one. Um, Sigvald, Prince of Slanesh. This is from Age of Sigmar. Uh, There's something about the massive horns that just don't do it for me, and his face almost looks long like a horse. You know, it's funny, because I've never looked closely at this model, and judging by his pretty blonde hair and his gold armor and all that, I thought he was much better looking than he actually is when I look at him. Yeah, I don't don't find him particularly attractive. I think he's got attractive qualities, and I think his armor's gorgeous. Yeah. But... I think his outfit... Does a lot more for him than the um, the Captain General Valoris. I um, think I think his outfit is more attractive. I think it's more attractive, but I do not find his face to be overly attractive. You know, I completely agree with you. It's too long. It is. It looks all. He looks horse like, which would go back, or I guess in this case, cow like. He's got the horns. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, really. I agree, and I'm shocked because I never really looked closely at him. So I think um, Sigvald, Prince of Slanesh, is out, right? Yep. All right, he's out. Now, let's see if um, oh, man, Valoris... Nothing, nothing sexier than a dragon. Well, this guy... Oh. No. Okay, this is Volturnus, High King of the Deep in Age of Sigmar. You know, he does not look very good. Can I vote on the dragon? <laughs> yeah. Is the dragon more attractive than Valoris? It's getting close. I don't know about the man <laughs> thing. You know, the eye patch isn't so bad. I think the thing that gets me is, yet again, the grimace. He, he yeah. looks like he's baring his teeth like a dog would. Um, he's he looks some... like he's got some serious bags under his eyes, like he's not slept in years. I was just getting ready to say that. Yeah, the bags under his eyes are not doing him anything. But, no, he's out. I mean, I love the, I think the dragon model is gorgeous. The way this is, it's like a unicorn dragon, which is even cooler, aquatic. A a three-tailed. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely a cool model, but definitely not going to win the beauty pageant. All right, Volturnus, you've been knocked out. Next, we have, now this dude's pretty good looking. This is Lord Ordinary, Ordinator Voris Starstrike. Now, this guy's got more of a classic. He's got the the mutton chops. Yeah. He's got more of a classic masculine look. He, to me, looks more like Viking type, you know, or I guess uh, British Isles or something like the old Celts. He's got like the Celtic feel. This guy, I think, is pretty good looking. Let's take a look back at Valoris. It's funny. They've got a lot of the same characteristics. They have the strong brow. They have the mustache beard thing going on. Um, they've got the hairline that comes down, like you said, what'd you say, the dad hairline? A little bit, but actually Valoris has a square hairline. Yeah. Um, and they're both in gold, they're because in one's gold. a storm cast. Um, you know what, honestly, that's a really hard call. It is, I guess it comes down to how much you like mutton chops, and to be honest, I mean, that's really it. Because I think Valoris is better looking, but for some reason the mutton chops kind of strike me because of, like, the old English sort of... yeah. I hope I got that like the history right. I hope that's where it does come from. But I thought it was British mutton yeah. chops, but maybe you not. No, really. If I had these two in real life in front of me, I would probably not prefer the mutton chops, and that's probably a cultural thing. Yeah. But I would not prefer the the mutton chops. 
I think he's a good model, though. Yeah, I think he's up there for sure. But uh, you're saying Lord Ordinator is knocked out. I would say so. He's second yeah. place right now in my mind. He looks pretty good. But... I agree, but second place is not good enough. So Val- Valeris, is it Valeris or Valoris? Valoris. Valoris knocked someone else out now. Now who's he fighting? Chieftain, Dark Oath Chieftain. Now this guy is legit good looking. He's got a very masculine he look. He is meant to be very handsome indeed, yes. And he's more youthful. He's way younger looking than Valoris. Mm-hmm. And he's got that kind of rock and roller uh, mohawk and the shaved head. The problem for me is this look alone gives him gives me the impression that he just doesn't give enough. So he's going to, like, do whatever he wants. So, like, he would not necessarily be anybody you'd want to come in contact with. Okay, that's true. Like, uh, and but... I think it's an attitude that you get from the positioning of him. And his outfit. I mean, how many skulls does he have on his outfit? <laughs> well, I mean, they're not human skulls, though. Like, that's a unicorn bird. Yeah. That's, like, a, I guess it's a lion. actually got a lot of birds. It's got a lot of birds. I mean, it's... Uh, it's got that Native American feel to it. But if you zoomed in, mm-hmm. now I agree with you. I think his outfit detracts from him, unlike Valoris, which is really nice looking. But I don't know. Valoris it has that, uh, you know, most interesting man in the universe, the Dusekis, um beer commercial guy. No. I don't always blah, blah, blah. But oh, when I do. Oh, yes, he does. That's he's, yes. He's got that older man, good looking mm-hmm. vibe to him. And meanwhile, this guy, the uh, Dark Oath Chieftain for Age of Sigmar to Slaves of Darkness, he's got a much more rugged young man, you know, vitality. You know, though, one thing I do not like, it's that his ba- his bow, his brow is overly prominent into almost a V shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that gives him a weird feel, like his head should have like a divot in it where his mohawk is. Hmm. Uh, he's got a smirk. I mean, he's not a bad looking guy, but the more I look at him, I still think I like the um, Al Borland type figure there. <laughs> Al Borland. Yeah, actually does look like Al Borland. I think I'm going to go with you because partially his outfit really detracts from the Dark Oath Chieftain. And he's got some scars on his face, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, It adds to manliness. It does add to manliness, but I'm not vibing with him quite as much as I am Valoris. Yeah. So I think Dark Oath Chieftain, we've ran into a couple that are very close. I would put him in my third place category. Yeah. So now this is our final contestant against Valoris. Can this final person knock Valoris off his pedestal? Oh no. Free Guild General. <laughs> he looks like he looks like a scared person you'd find in like a dark alley. Yeah, he's like a homeless man, is he, what he looks like. He does he's got the beard, but he's got no mustache. It looks like a crazy homeless man robbed a costume store, is what <laughs> it looks like. He looks scared. Like he's he doesn't look like he's grimacing. He looks like he's scared. Like most of the models look like they're grimacing <laughs> or angry. This looks like he's simply scared, backing up and holding a knife like back, get away, get away. Okay, well, if you were just a simple human attacked by a tribe of orcs or Slanesh cultists, or literally anything in Age of Sigmar, wouldn't you kind of have this guy's face? I would. Yeah. I would definitely You'd have that face. You'd be backing away, stabbing at something with your uh, your Zweihander, or whatever that sword is called. So I think he's clearly knocked out. So, the most handsome model in Warhammer, Age of Sigmar, or 40k, is Captain General Trahan Valoris. Mm-hmm. So go check him out. I need to get his number. (laughs) 
All right, well, um, we will be back in just a moment with the sexiest females in 40K or AOS. So uh, stay tuned for that. And then we will, we will actually have our homecoming king and queen for Warhammer. Aww. And then we can write all the sultry fan fiction to them hooking up. That would be delightful. That was my end goal here. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, uh, we will be back in just one moment. All right, we're back, and we are ready with a brand new tournament of the Purdy people. So this is Alariel the Everqueen. We're going to start with Age of Sigmar this time versus starting with 40K, and then we're going to go into 40K. We're doing it the opposite for the women as we did for the men. Just out of, I don't know, fairness, whatever. I don't care. Alariel the Everqueen. You see her? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, do you think she's prettier or more attractive than... Keeper of Secrets, the new model of Keeper of Secrets. Now, this is a hard one because the Keeper of Secrets is a giant demon person. Okay, it's got one female breast and one male peck. All of Slanesh has that. Um, and Alariel is a little more traditional. Uh, well, I was going to say, so when we're looking at the attractiveness of a female, are we talking about general predominant female features, softness, breasts, yes, the hips, ti- the thighs. typical typical female qualities. Now, nobody could argue with the fact that GW knows how to sculpt a woman's butt. I'm telling you right now, every woman has a badonkadonk, and they're fabulous. Okay. So, GW definitely knows their way around a butt crack for a female. So we're not going to be looking at any butts because it's a foregone conclusion. I'm sure they're all spectacular. <laughs> but but female faces is a lot of the problem they have with women. It's very hard to sculpt a female face without making it look cartoony or cutesy or okay. whatever. So a L'Oreal right here or the Keeper of Secrets. Honestly, I think the Keeper of Secrets is more visually attractive. Yes, I agree. 100%. It's, it's probably more along the lines of the way she is painted, but she is definitely more visually attractive. She's got several feminine features. She is... Um, also, I really like her outfit. I do like her outfit. Those are stockings. If you look closely, she's oh, actually wearing stockings. And I'm really digging the whole, like, gypsy, uh, like... Belly dancer style. Belly da- that's what I'm trying to go for. Belly dancer style of stuff. Like, it's really, really cool looking. So I think the Keeper of Secrets definitely knocks Alariel out head and shoulders. Yeah. All right. Keeper of Secrets now against uh, Morathi. Now we're going to go with the... the uh, Non-Snake Dragon The non-Snake Dragon Lady. Dude, I think Morathi's pretty good looking. She's got kind of a bitch face. <laughs> she does. She does have a resting bitch face. Um, but her pose, she's... Here, can you click off of that? There you go. Hold on, it's loading. It's doing the 360 view. So, I guess the thing that... So, we're looking at feminine features. She definitely has very soft cheek lines, soft jaw line. Um, I think, in general, she is very well proportioned on her face. Um, you can't really see the badonky donk. Oh, you can't. That's unfortunate, because... But she's got some crazy high heels. Those are like... Six or eight inch heels she's got going on there. It's This is kind of one of those, like, hurt me, mommy sort of scenarios. <laughs> she does have blood dripping from her wings. Yeah, that's what I mean. She'd probably kill you, but I mean, you you might enjoy it for a few minutes. Uh, I really like the big, long hair. Yeah. I really like the hair. I like that she's not crazy proportioned. She actually is... She's more reasonable. She does... Her breasts are not huge and showing off. Nope, and her even butt her butt... is not showing off. I do like the high heels, honestly. It's not super uh, beneficial for combat purposes, but... I don't know. You could put a high heel through somebody's eye. Sure, but run run towards them 
in in <laughs> in soft ground. I can't walk towards them in um, those heels. I honestly think Marathi beats the shit out of the Keeper of Secrets. I don't know. Keeper of Secrets, I would say, is probably like a six out of ten on my list, and I would say the other lady. Let me see. Uh, she's probably like a seven or an eight. Yeah, I think Marathi has this as long as she doesn't transform into a snake lady. Yeah, uh, that's a little off-putting. So Marathi is definitely the winner of this round. Now Marathi on foot is going to be going against the Bloodrack Shrine. So let's see if we can get a good look at this lady. Oh, um, definitely not. She's oh, yeah. Medusa. Yeah, she's Medusa, and I do appreciate the nip slip. Like she just got one boob out there. Like hey. Hey, this is me, and this is what my areola looks like. I appreciate that in a woman, but I really don't think that she's going to beat Marathi. I gotcha. Okay, so Marathi's out. You know, the blood dripping off her isn't very attractive either. Now, this one's a tough one. I legitimately think the Dark Oath War Queen Marakar Blood Sky. Let's just go with Blood Sky. I think she's legitimately pretty. I think so too. She is actually like, if you took all of this off her, she looks like an average modern day woman. Yeah. She reminds me of one of the Viking queens. She's Yeah. Um so now here's the toughie. Does uh Dark Oath War Queen look prettier than Marathi? Ooh. Marathi's got that bitch face though and there's something attractive about that. Like the the I don't care. The I don't care. It's kind of like your bad boy thing. Yeah. You know, like where you say that one guy, partially, you know, it's a, it's a benefit if he's got the bad boy look. Having the bitch face is kind of a, an attractive quality. Now, not in a relationship, but but in, you know, attractiveness. It's kind of like she would be aggressive and knows what she wants and that sort of thing. Um, but whereas this woman, the, the uh, Dark Oath War Queen, she looks more like somebody would win a beauty pageant. Like, for some reason, she's giving me a Southern vibe here. She, she does, yeah. She looks like a Southern, like, early 20s mm-hmm. woman that could win about uh, a... Uh, but she's got some man hands on her. I did notice that, which is funny. I'd never noticed it before until we're zooming in close on her. But she's got some massive hands. Like <laughs> She's got some massive... she got some nice thighs on her, too. Oh, yeah, she's thick. Yeah. I mean, uh, but what I would say is it's kind of... Her outfit's kind of stupid. I mean, we're kind of taking that into consideration. She's got a big old scar on her stomach, but her chest plate is literally only covering her breasts. Like, that's kind of a bad choice of armor there. Distraction is a very good tactic in warfare. Yeah. And if they're, if they're like, only half-hearted, half-heartedly hitting you because they're, they're hoping you're going to do a nip slip, then that puts you at the d- advantage. I hate to say this. I think Marathi has it. I think Marathi has it. Yeah. I mean, this woman is legit good looking. I would hang out with her. But I don't think, I don't think it's happening. You agree? I would go for it, yeah. All right, Marathi is still winning. What about the sorceress for Cities of Sigmar, Dark Elf Sorceress? You know, I'm not I'm not not feeling it. She's kind of got like an emaciated look. She's not Yeah. She's very thin. She's got super prominent cheekbones, which to me and very thin chin, which makes it feel like she's emaciated to me. Yeah, I'm not feeling it either. I mean, I mean the mean, rest of her body is not emaciated, but her face and her upper chest look very very thin. Yeah, she's got the big hair. Mm-hmm. Which is in a model is is pretty cool, you she know. Like a vampire. She's a dark elf, which oh. is kind of a vampire in a way. Um, she's definitely but, like physically. If I was a man, I would say she looks sexy because she's got the abdomen, the, almost the entire abdomen down to where you would start the pubic hair. Yeah, showing. I, you can't see her butt because she's got a cape. 
Um, yeah, that's a loss for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, GW can sculpt an ass. I'm not lying to you. They, it is well known. Yeah, it is well known. So well, they're struggling with the head. Even the head is misproportioned to the rest of the body. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Not digging the sorceress I'm not either. This sorceress. Yeah. All right, Marathi wins again. Vampire Lord female. Oh. <laughs> When you zoom up close on her, she is not good looking. She almost looks like like George Washington or something on a bad <laughs> hair day. I appreciate the cleavage, and I also pre- appreciate the exposed groin area for no reason. Yeah, it's, well, it's like two inches of skin. Like in yeah. reality, it'd be like two inches of skin, and I, I don't know what that is. It's I guess her underwear. The, is that underwear? Yeah, it's like armored underwear. To be honest, I really like her outfit, like the frills and the dress and all that. But no, she's no. not. She's not by any definition pretty. She's got a wig, big time. Yeah, yeah definitely not. No, a, she, not a fan of her. She did. Literally, no. I think she's a vampire. Yeah, Marathi wins this one again. Next up, who is challenging Marathi? Well, let's see. It is Saint Celestine, the Living Saint. This is her right here. We're not going to do her two. Um, whatever they're called, the her two bodyguards. Okay. Um, this sculpt, in my opinion, is a very attractive woman. She's well-proportioned. Mm-hmm. She's not crazy. You know, whatever. She's very covered up. Yep. And, uh, but her face is feminine, but not cutesy anime. And that's, that's often mm-hmm. the, that's often the, um, look at the cheekbone structure. Yeah. Well, this one's also painted really well, too. Yeah, but that's what we're going off of. I mean, we're going yeah. off of whatever the... Yeah, I would say I could see her on a runway. Yeah. Uh, and I, she doesn't have the resting bitch face. She doesn't. I mean, she is legitimately... I think this is an attractive female face. And the short hair, whereas Marathi's, Marathi's long hair, I think, really benefits her. Um, St. Celestine's short hair really benefits her. I, I think, think so, it, too. So, man, I hate to say this because I love Marathi's look overall. I love her armor. I love her headdress. I like her thing. Yeah, I love it all. I think Marathi is really great. But if we're talking specifically looks, I think St. Celestine's armor kind of takes away Mm -hmm. from her overall look. Don't you agree? I agree. Um, The doves are an interesting touch there. Yeah. But uh, I think if we're talking mostly face or attractiveness and only one quarter outfit... I think her outfit hurts her, but St. Celestine is better looking than Marathi. Is that your go, vote? Yeah, I would go with that. Okay, bye Marathi. You had a good run. St. Celestine versus Jane Czar. Mm. Jane Czar has a mask on, number one. So this may not have been the perfect choice. Uh, I think she's covered in like the foam pads that some women use in their butts to make their butts look <laughs> really big. I don't know if that's a mask or not. I think it's a mask. Because seeing the mouth, it doesn't look like teeth. That looks like some sort of grate. Either way, you know, she has potential to be pretty. I'm not much for the pointy ears. I like the big hair. Uh, the big hair reminds me of years gone by. <laughs> but yet again, she looks like she's covered in, um, like, the foam pads used yeah. to make some, you know, either either um, football. They use them for football. Uh, yeah, the knee pads or whatever. And also it's the pads to fill a bra yeah. or whatever. I think Jane Czar is knocked out immediately. Yeah, I'm okay. a fan of her. Saint Celestine is now going up against Magus. So this is the female Magus for Gene Stealer Cult. And she, if if she was not bald with ridges on her forehead... She looks like a Bajor and Klingon mix. She does. I don't think she's that bad looking. In, in the face, if you ignore the top half of her head, uh-huh. 
you gave her regular hair, I think she'd be okay looking. Yeah, I think so. She looks um also like she's wearing a mouth guard. She does. Like she's got a retainer or something. She does. Just the way that her face is structured. You're right. I really like her outfit. I do. The well, I still outfit. think the other lady wins. Yeah, St. Celestine wins immediately. But yeah. I think she's not a bad contender. No, she's not. Um, She's up there, third place or so. So St. Celestine is now going up against Inquisitor Greyfax. Let's take a look at her. Now, I do, for some reason, really like Greyfax's outfit. Mm-hmm. I think her outfit's far better looking than St. Celestine. Mm, I don't know, necessarily. I will say that she gives me, like, the old... Um, Steampunk? Or? No, who was the guy that was in the um all the books and he was the... Sherlock Holmes? Yes, she gives me the Sherlock Holmes home look. Oh, yeah. Wasn't there a new movie out with that? Uh, yeah, there's been several new movies, but... Uh, look, she's got high heels, too. Oh, man. Yeah. But, um... I don't think so. She looks like she's angry. She's got the resting bitch face, but she's got a very prominent, like, like indent over her nose. You know who she looks like and you probably won't know who I'm talking about? Posh Spice. No, no clue. From the Spice Girls? I know who the Spice Girls are, and I know the name, but I can't picture to save my life. Well, anyway, she looks like Posh Spice, but a little uglier. I definitely think um, Inquisitor Greyfax cannot hold a candle to St. Celestine. I agree, but I think she's definitely a cool model. Yeah. I think, and this is one of the cases where I think her outfit actually helps her. I think her outfit makes her look better than she is. She does have, like, bullet boobs, though. That's kind of weird. Bullet boobs are hot. All right. Next one is a succubus for Dark Eldar. Now, she... Um, you know, she kind of looks a little plastic in the face. Mm-hmm. She kind of, and this sounds stupid, it kind of looks like her eyes were painted on, <laughs> which clearly they were. Yeah. But let's see if we can get a 360 view of her, get a better... You know, she actually looks better on that side. Yeah, she does. That's why I wanted to get a 360 view. Um, Now, I, I think her outfit is cooler than St. Celestine's. She's got some armor. She's got some fur. She's got some skin showing, but it's not, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she's, she's got, and I also like her, her bun and her hair coming out. And I think elves in general are generally prettier than humans. Yeah. Well, I think they've got softer features, which leads to them to feel, look more pretty. But honestly, I think Celestine still has this. I think so too. She's, she's got that weird grimace thing going on. Yeah, a little bit. All right, well, Celestine wins again. Next up. Okay, we've got someone that people have done all sorts of erotic fan fiction about. Uh, you? <laughs> me, yes. Um, I'm trying to think. Where are we here? You have to expand it, I think. N- no, I'm actually trying to find the description of everything. What is her name? Uh, just a second. Description. No, it's the Triumvirate of Yanid, but her name is actually, um, hold on. Chosen champion clad in armor, Yvrain. There you go. Yvrain is this character's name. I can never remember their name. I always want to call her, uh, Yanid, but it's not. Yvrain has a lot of people getting, um, sexy time stories written about. Um, she got some hips. She got some hips, man, and that is definitely attractive in a, in, for Why is a she man. Barefoot. Um, she is barefoot. I never noticed that. She, I think she's got a pretty cool looking outfit. I love her outfit. And she I got love some her banging dress. hips. And I like her cat thing. Her yeah, li- uh, links or whatever that is. And she's like a, a white blonde hair. That's her hair there. Yeah. Um, I like her, but I think that the flying lady it wins. 
Saint Celestine. Yeah. Um, I think this lady is way more flashy. Yeah. Look at all of her eye makeup. She is more high maintenance. I mean, she's barefoot for crying out loud. Look at all the gems on her on her I was thing. Looking at that, that's really neat. As far as body, I I think um, Yvrain looks better. I think she, but not the face. And really, what we're going by is mostly the face. What is what is their attractiveness? Yeah. So I think if you take a look at Saint Celestine. Man. I think she's more attractive. She I is would a... go- definitely say. All right, your brain's knocked out, and we have one final challenger. Her, her headdress is crazy. This is now. This is technically an old model because Lilith is going to have a new model come out, and I have couldn't find a picture of it. So this is the old model of of uh, Lilith. She's another dark Eldar character. Okay. Um, now she's got a a, fr- a freakish thong on behind this. So if you were able to, if this was three sixty view. You'd turn around and she'd have a thong on. So which she's is, fighting a knife battle in a thong. Yeah, she's like basically the the leader of the uh, witch cults, and she's like badass. So, okay. um, she she wears this intentionally, basically to taunt people. Like, hey, look, I'm barely even wearing any armor. Try and cut me. Um. So this is another one of those instances where she has a banging rear end. Like, legitimately, they did a fantastic job sculpting it. But what about the face? What about the face? Cronet. She reminds me of somebody who, if, ha- if she had the correct makeup on, she would probably look really, really nice. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure she beats the other lady, though. The uh, Saint Celestine. I think Saint Celestine is legit pretty. Yeah, I do. I think she has the potential, yet again, I-, I think if she had her makeup on correctly, <laughs> not running down her cheeks like bad mascara, she'd probably be- look really, <laughs> really cute. With the hair and all that. Yet again, barefoot again. She's got the structure. I like the red hair, actually. Yeah, the red the hair. The red and black definitely, hair. It definitely complements the black armor, too. Yeah, and the white skin. Yeah. Yeah. But I think as far as sculpting and as far as face, I think Celestine still has it. I think so, too. This this lady with the red hair, she's also got a horrible frown. Like, yeah. yeah. And she is really angry. And Celestine, I think that also helps. Celestine has this, like, at peace She's look got this on her neutral. Face. Yeah. Yeah. So... I think we've got our homecoming king and homecoming queen done. Captain General Trahan Valoris and uh, Celestine the Living Saint. That is the two hottest models. Most bangable models, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. If they were real people, they would have people all over them. They would. So, yeah. And Celestine is deemed the, the prettiest female character. And uh, Valeris is the prettiest man. I would say so. Yeah, it's a legit good-looking dude. He is. Like I said, he's got like a um, Al, Bor- Al Borland. Is that the correct guy? Yeah, kind of. Although Al Borland's not known for being good-looking, but no, yeah. but he's got like the kind of esque, like picturesque. Yeah. So thank you so much for being on. It was really nice to. Not what? Al Borland. Um, Captain um, Picard's first guy. Oh, Will Riker? Yeah, he's got a Will Riker. How the fuck do you confuse Will Riker and Al Borland? <laughs> How do you do that? I do. I do. <laughs> How do you consider yourself both the most feminine and masculine person? Because you just, you do. Oh my God. See, Depends on whether or not I'm me- tucking. <laughs> and this is why we had the messy divorce, okay? <laughs> you know what? I forgot that. It was over you confusing Al Borland and Will Riker. Yes. Damn, that is and not knowing posh spice. Oh man, yeah, that's it was a it was a problem. So that thank you very much for being on, and thank you for temporarily reducing the uh, dropping the the um, restraining order. Mm. I You're appreciate welcome. that. You're welcome. Stop with the boombox at my window. <laughs> 
All right, well, there you have it. Valoris and St. Celestine, the hottest couple in Warhammer. We'll see you next week. Thank you for GameMat.eu for sponsoring the podcast, and thank you for all of my beautiful, good-smelling, sexy Patreon patrons for supporting the show. Talk to you later.